Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> And welcome to Sawbones, a miracle tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host Justin McElroy, and I'm Sydney McElroy. You're getting a little, a little radio voice there, aren't you? <laughs> Not intentionally. Um, getting a little coming at you with the. This with is the funny. Hits of this is the actually 70s, 80s, and today. It's actually funny because as soon as you and I recorded that last Sawbones, is when I got like super duper sick. Like right after we finished recording, uh. my temperature like spiked i'm just down the road to recovery do you think it has something to do with me or our show or I have no idea I'm, aller- you- I'm allergic to learning <laughs> and then this show's late because we, we were going to record last night and um honestly when we pulled this curtain back charlie vomited all over us before she went to bed and i just like couldn't charlie of course is our 18 month old daughter and she's okay. Don't worry. We're not making light. Sometimes if, if she kids was just like, puke. Yeah. If she was, if she was really sick, we wouldn't be joking about it. She's not. She just sometimes she eats more than she should, and she just kind of gets an upset tummy, and then blah. Especially if like we're trying to put her to bed and she didn't want to, and she's yelling at us a little bit. Yeah. We're not crying out, people. That's okay if you are. We're just not. We don't let her cry a lot, but she cries even a little and kind of just bleh. just bleh. like uh well, we're not like on out, South just, Park, like yeah. Stan on South Park. Sure. Right, she just kind of looks at you and pukes everywhere. Sydney, I love you, but I really, I'm, I haven't been feeling great, and I really would rather not talk about such gross things right now. Is the is the puke too much for you? A little bit much. I'm sorry. It, you know, the doctor thing. Nothing really bothers mm-hmm. me. No, yeah. you okay. made that very clear. Right. Well, okay. If you don't want to talk about puke, that's fair. A lot of people don't want to talk about puke, but uh, maybe, maybe instead we could talk about worms. Uh, okay, that's fine. Have you? Well, I know we've talked a little bit about some worms before. Yeah, the uh, worm series is back. Yeah, maybe we could talk about. Have you heard of a hookworm? No, 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 not really. Don't really know much about hookworms. No, no, or how you get them? It's a roundworm. Yeah, that's right. You're reading ahead. Be careful mm, there. Um, mm-hmm. nah. I just kind of knew that. Uh, let's let's talk about. So you don't know anything about them, right? No, not really. And you don't want to hear about anything gross, though. Nothing gross, and I don't know anything about worms. Sure. Okay. Let's talk about hookworms. This okay. will be fun. Okay. I want to thank Beth and Lindsay and Adam. The cat's for... biting me. Did we not feed the cats? 
Okay, feed him after the show. Yes, CJ, I know. Okay, okay. we'll feed him after the show. Okay, we okay. will. We will definitely feed we'll our definitely cats. Don't worry. Cats we love our cats and we will feed them. They're just biting me. I don't want to stop yeah. recording. Well, just try to be a professional here. Okay, focus. I'm trying. It's just they're biting me and I want you to know I'm Can going to this. Can you please focus on the hookworms? Yes, I'm so there. I'm All right. So in it. So as Justin mentioned, it is another roundworm. We talked about Ascaris before, which was the first roundworm in our in our worm series. That There are many worms and yeah. I enjoy we, talking about the them. The worm so series has a lot of segments. Waka waka. Waka waka. So we're mainly talking about two kinds of worms. When we when we sit when we use the term hookworm, we're really talking about more than one actual species of worm. Uh, there's Nicator americanus and Ancelostoma duodenali, which really doesn't matter. I mean, they both do similar things, and they're right. just in different parts of the world, and and there's some slightly different clinical syndromes, but we can lump them together. Uh, there are some others that can cause some minor diseases. And in addition, you can get like dog and cat varieties. You find that for a lot of parasites, there can be like a dog variety of the parasite and a human variety of the parasite and like different mammals and different animals can get that. And sometimes we can infect each other with the wrong hmm. like flavor of that worm. Like okay. I get a cat flavor in me or whatever. But most of the time, you know, it kind of sticks to the right species. Gotcha. Most of the time. Now... I want to walk you through the life cycle of the hookworm. Okay, okay? I'm ready. Because it's important to understand how it gets to humans uh, and then out of humans and then into other humans in order for you to understand why it is important. Got it. Okay. I'm ready. So hookworm eggs. Let's say that you already have hookworm. Okay, let's start there. I do. If I wanted to diagnose you with hookworm, what I would do is look at your poop. Okay. I'd rather... We get some a third party involved. You you're, mean, my, okay. you're my wife. Who 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 has hookworms? No, I mean a different doctor. Oh, okay. Doctor Oz. I th I thought we were using Doctor Oz has hookworms. No. Okay, so no. Doctor Oz has hookworms. <laughs> Let's just use that as an example. I'm okay. not saying he does. I have no. This is not. Doctor Oz. I'm not spreading. Got it. Horrible rumors about Doctor Oz in this in this fictional scenario. Doctor Oz has hookworms. Got based it. on Oz has hookworms and. He, if we wanted to diagnose him with it, I would take a sample of his poop and I would spin it down and look at it under a microscope and then uh, look for eggs. Now, what am I doing in this? We've introduced a third party, but I feel like you, I've been kind of been muscled out of the equation. Do you just want to like chat with Dr. Oz while I'm I'll investigating his poop? Oz you want to keep him busy? Yeah. Okay. okay you want to entertain him. Okay. Um, so you're I'll doing make him some chamomile. Okay. And doing some up. tricks yeah. for him. Some, some juggling. Like, oh, some yo-yo. Some yo yo. Justin's yeah. great with a yo yo. Uh -huh. You really are. Well, thank you. That's really nice of you to say. Charlie will actually ask for yo yo tricks. I don't know that many yo yo tricks, but thank you. But you, the ones you do impress her. Yeah, I mean, they're good enough to impress a baby. That's true. So Justin's doing yo yo tricks to impress Dr. Oz and giving him some chamomile tea. And he's loving it. And right. he's loving it. And, and meanwhile, I'm looking at his poop and there are some eggs in there because that's where you would find the hookworm eggs are in his stool. But let's say that instead of me examining his poop in a lab he went and pooped outside somewhere okay that sounds like oz <laughs> so he pooped outside so his poop is on the ground and then the place where he pooped somebody else walks through it barefoot let's say dr phil okay dr phil walks through dr oz's dookie Got barefoot it. that's important okay so the larvae that are now in that poop so they've hatched into larvae are going to burrow through his feet, through Dr. Phil's feet, uh, and, and get in there, really get in there, and get into his vascular system, okay? So they're, they're going to travel through his vascular system and eventually end up in Dr. Phil's lungs. So cool. these are 
You remember this this whole series of events? Eggs were in Dr. Oz's poop. The poop got on the ground. Dr. Justin, Phil walked through the poop. Justin's they burned through yo-yo. his feet. Justin's doing yo-yo tricks. Sweet yo-yo tricks. Chamomile. Chamomile. Uh, at some point, Dr. Phil is going to, uh, these these more, these larvae that are in his lungs, he's going to cough them up, but then re-swallow them. We've kind of talked about this before. Yeah. That that's how worms, me out. that's I how they remember. travel. Yeah. Uh, some of them, they like, you cough them up, you re-swallow them down into your gut, which is where they wanted to be in the first place. So they've finally, they finally arrived. And then they're going <coughs> to attach to your small intestines where they're going to live and lay more eggs. And then you're going to poop out more eggs. And that's the and circle just, of life. <laughs> it's going to be Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz pooping back and forth forever. <laughs> Uh, I would just like to mention at this point that I have no reason to believe that Dr. Phil or Dr. Oz are infected with hookworm or any other disease, and I don't want to get in trouble for spreading rumors about And I would like to, at this point, say that I know for 100% that to be fact. Come at me. (laughs) Justin said it, not me. Lawyer up. (laughs) Lawyer up, both of you doctors. I am not their doctor. I know nothing about their medical history. So if you were to get hookworm, you probably would want to know what happens. Yes. So at the site of where the like the larva enter, so in your foot per se, or it could be anywhere. We just use feet because people often get it that way. Uh, you're going to get something that we would call cutaneous larva migrans, okay. which looks like these little what we would call serpiginous trails on your foot. These little... On the surface of your foot. Yeah, these okay. little red, itchy, scaly tracks, like a rash uh, on your foot or whatever area it entered. Okay. Or ground itch is another name for this. Okay. So you're going to have some sort of red, itchy area where the where the worm got in. Uh, when it gets to your lungs, you could get a cough, you could get inflammation of your lungs, you know, some of those kinds of symptoms. And then when it gets into your gut, so you get, you know, different symptoms depending on where it is. When it gets into your gut, you can get some diarrhea, some abdominal pain, cramping, you know, Mm -hmm. general stomach upset, that kind of stuff. Okay. Okay. Uh, the big problem though, all that, all that you could deal with. But the big problem from these worms is that when they attach inside your intestines, they can cause over time a fairly significant amount of blood loss Mm. it won't be all at once it's not like you just gush blood drinking it no it's just where they attach you're losing it they're they're, i mean we call them blood sucking parasites and they are getting nutrients from you but the bleeding more has to do with where they're attaching okay so you're consistently losing blood and you can get anemic you also because they are sucking your nutrients you're getting malnourished so over time this is a big problem especially in kids for growth and cognitive development uh, it causes people to be tired all the time. They're anemic. You get all the symptoms associated with anemia. In basically, uh, it can it can cause a lot of absenteeism from school and a lot of delay in in learning and and growth. So it's a big problem, especially for kids, especially for pregnant women who can also get this. But I then would, for anybody, I would as well. imagine in developing nations, it's probably. It's a huge deal. More of an issue. And the more worms you have, the bigger of a deal it is because people are infected with multiple worms you know not just one right and that can make you sicker uh where is it anywhere that's warm and moist in the, in the world in the body or in the world in the world okay, anywhere in the world that's warm and moist it used to be and we're going to talk a little bit more about this incredibly prevalent in the southern u.s really yes hmm. we'll get into that a little bit more uh but right now it's anywhere in the world that's hot and wet you will find hookworm got it so how long have we known about this probably a long time 
if you go back to there are some writings that the Egyptians did uh, and and the Hippocrates did about some sort of intestinal disease and they were so it was associated with uh, you know that we talked about this in green sickness like a green complexion or a yellow complexion and that was anemia okay. so somebody had something not wrong with their stomach and then they also were anemic uh, we even see Avicenna, who we've spoken about before, before the Persian physician, write about a connection between these symptoms with some sort of worm. Okay. So there's been writings about this for a very long time, but we didn't actually isolate the hookworm itself until 1838 hmm. in Italy. Uh, Dr. Dubini, who described the worm and after, after an autopsy, he found it during an autopsy and he named it and mm-hmm. he was the first one to kind of call it what it is this is a problem we know this worm is doing things to humans we don't know exactly what it's doing or how it does it but we know this is a problem Uh, a few decades after that we figured out how to diagnose it by looking for the eggs in the stool Mm -hmm. Uh, but in 1898 we figured out a lot more about hookworm by accident now let me let me derail you for a second is this visible in the stool is this like without a microscope no Okay, so that's why we had trouble diagnosing it before exactly. then. If, if they had been visible without a microscope, we probably would have been on on top of this a lot earlier. Exactly. We've talked about before that when the Ascaris worm, the, another round worm, eventually comes out of you, it's like it's a big worm. Right. You see it, it's a big worm. Uh, you don't see, I mean, like the, with the hookworm, when it's attached inside you, you don't see the worm, but the eggs that are laid are microscopic. So you wouldn't know they were there uh, unless you know how to look at poop under a microscope, which actually I do. I've actually had special training to, to do this. Yeah. You know, if you like that kind of thing, which I do. <laughs> but you can't see the trails, yes? On the foot or the whatever? The trails left by, are they literally like tunnels that the hookworm left behind? Or like on the site that they entered? The ground itch. So like on your foot or whatever, you could, I mean, they look like little tunnels on your foot or your hand or wherever they entered, yes. But okay. then they go away. Like that heals and goes away long before it, it's completed its journey inside you. Got it. Okay. Uh, in 1898, uh, Arthur Loss uh, determined the life cycle of the hookworm, and he did it accidentally. He was studying the hookworm, and he was trying to drop some of the larvae of the hookworm into some guinea pigs' mouths. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's a cool to, day for those guinea pigs. I huh? know. Those unfortunate guinea pigs that he was trying to infect with hookworm in order to study it more. Uh, while he was doing that, he, I don't know, I don't know why he wasn't wearing gloves. He probably should have been wearing gloves. I think this was around the time of the invention of gloves, maybe slightly before. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, he dropped some of it onto his hand. And it doesn't take a lot of contact. So at the site on his hand where the larvae were dropped, he got ground itch. Grossed out. Uh, And then he thought, you know what? I see all this red itchy area. I wonder if worms got in me. So like any good scientist, what did he do? Checked his poop. Checked his poop. Ah, I was kidding. No, you're right. He continued to check his poop every day until... Voila, he found eggs. Is there anything checking your poop can accomplish? No, Justin, no. No. Now, one really interesting <laughs> thing about uh, about hookworm, and this was something I didn't know, even though, as you may already be aware, Justin and I are from West Virginia, and West Virginia, one of the things we're known for is mining. I think that there's a fair association of the state with coal mining. Yeah. Uh, and this a little is bit something... less now. Come on, come on, downturn. That's true. People aren't so hot on coal as much anymore. Well, that's true. I'm just saying that from we a historical perspective, you can attach coal mining to our state. Uh, and this is is weird, actually. As I was mentioning this, even at work, I had people who knew about 
hookworm because they had family who worked in the mines. And it, if you have family who worked in the mines or if you worked in a mine, you know about this already. Because hookworm has a strong association with mining. Why? Okay. So let's think Because you're like it. covered up by and large, right? Well, unless you're were Zool- you always covered up? Unless, that, unless it's that part in Zoolander where you're <laughs> just wearing suspenders and a, a, a tank top. Which I do not think is what, I don't, I don't think, think that's a traditional no. miner's uniform. Uh, so think about this. These worms like warm, moist places, right? Yeah. They like, especially soil that's warm, like loamy soil, warm, moist soil. Okay. Uh, like you would find deep underground. Okay. Okay. This is also soil that's rich in minerals, which is good for these worms. So if the worms can get to that soil, they're happy. That's a good soil for these worms. They like that soil, right? Okay. Okay. So let's say that you're a miner. It's back in the 1800s uh, in the U.S. We're using the U.S. right now, although this could be anywhere. You oh really don't. Oh my God! I just you don't have. Oh God! <laughs> stop the show! I want to get off. You don't really have any rights at this point as a miner. This is something we know well in West Virginia, and you may know just from your history books. Yeah, you're getting miners, paid in script. Yeah. Miners were not treated well. They were basically owned by the company. They would be sent down into dangerous conditions and left there for hours. And I mean, I guess you would be allowed to come up and take a bathroom break. Yeah, but everybody would make fun of you. They would call you a sissy Mary. And almost certainly they wouldn't pay you as much and you might get fired and who Mm -hmm. knows what because you didn't have any rights. So you had to go to the bathroom. Oh, Sid. There were a lot of dark, abandoned corners places you could go turn off your headlamp and Let me, hide can i save you some there's poop everywhere there's poop everywhere okay yeah there's there was poop everywhere in the mines how could you do this so also because you aren't getting paid real money and because you don't have a lot of a lot of things the shoes you're wearing are probably pretty worn out right or okay, maybe you don't sense. have shoes anymore right i know that sounds crazy but there was a time where you may have been down in a mine barefoot So you've got people pooping everywhere and you've got people walking through the poop everywhere. Or even if that isn't, even if you didn't walk through it, you're tromping it up the ladder on your boots. You're taking it home. You're going to take your boots off at some point with your hands, which you probably don't have gloves on. One way or another, those worms are getting in you. You lay your egg salad sandwich on the ground and then pick it back up. Oops, hookworm. (laughs) Ew. Why do you have an egg salad sandwich down in the mine? It's the grossest sandwich I can think of. Because because that's what you want down. What'll keep well? Wait, hey. Hey, Bob. What do you think will keep keep well well. down in the mine? Maybe egg salad, Bob. Maybe an egg salad sandwich? It's cool down there. I think it'd be fine. And everybody's doing this because everybody's got to poop. Everybody poops and not everybody has great shoes. And so everybody's down there doing this. Um, There was probably poop all over the mines up until the 20th century. And that's why we get this association with mines. For instance, hookworm is also known as miner's itch, tunnel disease, brickmaker's anemia. (laughs) associated with brickmakers. There's also uh, miner's anemia, uh, which is just... If you if you've ever conjured up this kind of image of like a miner as somebody who's like kind of pale and gaunt and they're coughing all the time and they look mm-hmm. malnourished, we always think that's a lung problem and certainly that's part of it. But the other thing was the was the anemia that a lot that's of miners hookworm. had because they were all infected with hookworm. Interesting and and didn't know it. 
Uh, and this wasn't, again, this wasn't just in the U.S. I'm talking coal mines because that's what I'm familiar with. But this is wherever there were mines. So the gold and silver mines of Hungary, the sulfur mines of Sicily, uh, all throughout Europe, different different coal mines. The, there were miners infected with hookworm all over the world. Uh, we figured out this association when the St. Goddard Tunnel was being constructed in the Alps. Uh, a lot of men got sick, got diarrhea. They started studying them. They published the findings and they figured out that the majority of these men had gotten hookworm. Uh, in fact, during the gold rush, it was estimated that half of all the miners out in California had hookworm. And in some areas, uh, they studied certain mining camps, like all but two men had hookworm. Have we done anything to like try to stand athwart history and say stop here? Like just like no more hookworms? We're sick of it? Well, Justin, of course we have. But before I tell you about that, why don't you follow me to the billing department? Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real, high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is, is, is part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box? Pre-prepared? All I got at two minutes? I mean, filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, And the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, 
you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So I want to fight these things, Sydney. I'm done with hookworm. I'm going to take the fight to them. Well, that's exactly what... Because I'm a human being, and (laughs) he made my feet itch. (laughs) That's that's always the way it goes. We get fed up with uh, things that are smaller than us beating us. Listen, watch ID4. We get fed up with things that are bigger than us, too. Just don't inconvenience us. Yeah. (laughs) We just want to win again. Yeah. Okay. Can we just win again? Welcome to Earth. Uh, So in the early 1900s, there were huge eradication efforts to get rid of this worm as we now we figured out what it is and where it is and how it gets from person to person and the poop thing and the egg thing and we all we know it so we're going to start getting rid of it so like one really impressive effort was actually uh done in puerto rico where a third of the population was cured a third of the population had hookworm and they were cured when there was a u.s army-led effort to go in and eradicate it by then we had come up with some medications that worked we've got better ones now but we had come up with some deworming medications and then just sanitation efforts wearing shoes and not um you know defecating in public places and things like that education efforts uh and the death rate there from anemia dropped 90 percent nice which was amazing hygiene's always the first step so so once we we had success there uh in 1909 in the u.s we saw a similar effort here so the problem really stemmed from the fact that rockefeller the millionaire the billionaire the millionaire probably millionaire at the time yeah rockefeller wanted to open more uh businesses wanted to employ more people in the american south but he had an issue with he felt that by and large his employees in the south were not as productive or as punctual or came as to work as often as his employees in the north (laughs) so (coughs) he began to study why this was happening and his his thought is that it had to do with the hookworm and to be fair maybe as many as half of the population of the south was infected with hookworm at the time this is something we never talk about. This is in the 1900s. Like half of the South had a hookworm. Yikes. So he d- he created the Rockefeller Sanitary Commission for the Eradication of Hookworm Disease. And this sounds like a wonderful anthropic effort. And I mean, it, yes, he helped to eradicate hookworm. But uh, what but. he also was trying to do was get his people to come to work more often. Get back to work. <laughs> he wanted more money. So they began some public health efforts to ed- educate people. Again, just telling them how you get the disease uh just getting people shoes again building like one of the biggest things they did was to build these uh pit privies so they were a certain kind of outhouse Mm -hmm. that had a pit in them that dropped you know whatever you put in the outhouse four feet because four feet is as far as these worms can go okay so if you dug a four foot hole and your poop dropped four feet then you don't have to worry about somebody walking in there and walking through worms because people are going to outhouses barefoot there's the there's the truth yeah so you build these outhouses which were really a a revolution you get people to wear shoes this was actually a huge feature of the mississippi state fair in 1909 there was this giant hookworm exhibit which i wish i could go back if i could go back in time to To one one thing thing. it would be the mississippi state fair in 1909 because i would love to see what that hookworm exhibit looked like and how like freaked out can you imagine 
If you're standing there looking at a sign that says like half of you have this and it came from poop and it crawled through your foot mine and is, it's in your intestines. I need to hang out with a guy named Chad the day after the uh, 2004 presidential election and all the hubbub about hanging Chad's and what have you because that guy knew the jig was up. That's going to be his whole month, you know. Been thinking about that a that's, lot lately. That's what you would do if you go back in time. Yeah, go hang out with a guy named Chad that after that election. You and I never have good answers to what we would do if we go back in time. No, I like it him the here and now. So Rockefeller, to his to his credit, did help solve this. What he referred to as the germ of laziness. <laughs> um, the rate it, one one really good example is the rate of hookworm infection among school kids went from forty percent to basically zero as wow. a result of these efforts. Um, and this was only over the course of a few years. Again, they also had deworming medications back then that they were already starting to use. And it, it greatly increased productivity and work attendance as well as school attendance really turned around. And this was a big deal because kids with hookworm can't learn as much or as fast. And it really does stunt their growth and development. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the absolute truth even today. So before I get into just real quick where we are today with hookworm, uh, because we didn't really do a lot of crazy things through the years to try to treat hookworm because we didn't know it was there for a long time. We didn't know what to treat. Uh, so we, you know, we've talked about crazy things we've done for anemia or for stomach problems or that kind of thing, but we weren't ever trying to treat hookworm in a weird way because we didn't know about hookworm. Right. There are still some natural things that you'll read that you could do to deworm yourself because that's really what we're talking about. Like you would your cat or your dog. You want to deworm yourself. Yeah. You can um, take their, your cat or dog's uh, worm medication. That's one thing. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that thing. Don't do what Justin said. Ever. That's one thing you could do. So you may, instead of going to a doctor and getting treated appropriately, you might decide to consume some pumpkin seeds, sesame seeds, and figs three times a day on an empty stomach. Yeah, sounds awesome. Or maybe you want to drink only bottled mineral water, just because you're fancy. Yeah, it's a fancy, it's a fancy treatment. Or if you're feeling really, I don't know, masochistic, eliminate all sugar, fats, beef, chicken, lamb, and pork products from your diet. It's not bad enough for my feet itch. No, I have to eliminate all good food. Now, I did find some good advice out there that uh, you want to wash your hands frequently. You want to wash your underwear. Sure. Sure. I mean, like, I'm a big fan of that no matter what. Yeah, wash your you underwear. You should wash your underwear. Wash your underwear. I mean, if you're going to wear them, you might as well wash them, right? That can't be real advice. Wash your underwear? Wash your underwear. I mean, yeah, obviously. Also, avoid scratching your anal area. Just like, by and large, again, yes. I mean, just to be polite, just or at like, least in public. Yeah, it's just, where's the decorum? Yeah, um, the, but along this, along that same line, in the same place where they would tell you to like, don't scratch your butt and wash your underwear, eat some papaya. <laughs> I mean, that's good advice. They're just delicious. Yeah, but I, if you're eating papaya in hopes to deworm yourself. Again, just check with the doctor. Uh, it, and there is an interesting theory now, which may not actually be entirely wrong, but I'm not advising it. I'm not saying do this. I'm just saying that we're still figuring it out. Uh, helmet therapy, where uh, this is based on, I think I may have mentioned before, the hygiene hypothesis. People are too clean now, and that's why we get asthma and allergies right. and everything. We're not exposed to enough stuff. And they think that part of that is that we should have worms, that humans should, like we've evolved, that we should have, there's some 
scientists who believe this. I would not say I believe we should have worms necessarily because yeah, no they cause problems. So they're parasitic. They give you anemia. This yeah. isn't like a B. Like it's not hard to test this. Like they're bad. But there's this theory that if you could give people very small doses of worms for limited periods of time, like just until they got sick and then you would deworm them, that you would be able to treat things like allergies and asthma and Crohn's and that kind of thing, autoimmune type diseases by dampening your immune response and it would help fix that. Um, it's interesting. I think that's fascinating to kind of as a thought exercise and to investigate, but I would certainly not recommend intentionally infecting yourself with worms in order to treat your asthma. Like we've got medicine for that and I would go get that yeah. instead would be my advice. Today we have uh, largely eradicated hookworm in the U.S., although it, it can happen and does happen. So don't feel like just because Rockefeller did all that back in the early 1900s, you're right. safe. You could still get hookworm. Uh, but it is a much bigger problem outside the U.S. 700 million people worldwide are infected with hookworm. Okay. And as I mentioned, it is a leading cause of anemia, protein malnutrition. It's a big problem for pregnant women. And it is considered one of the neglected tropical diseases like guinea worm, which we've spoken about before. So it is something that it impacts a huge number of people, children, pregnant women, you know, adults to everybody. And it is definitely something that needs to be addressed. And how do we do that? Well, with a lot of public health efforts, stuff that we did in the 1900s still holds true now. Wearing shoes, uh, don't, you know, stay away from dirt, stay away from, you know, don't poop outside, don't touch or eat dirt. Um, uh, improve sanitation, access to a what is it's a very cheap medication. So we have good medications against this now. Okay. Albendazole, mabendazole, there are good antiparasitic deworming medications that are cheap as dirt. We just need to get them to people. So you may be wondering if there's anything you can do. I I am wondering that. So aside from all those things you can do for yourself to prevent yourself from getting hookworm i feel pretty good about it uh i one one good uh thing i found was a resource called globalnetwork.org mm -hmm. uh they're dedicated to the eradication of neglected tropical diseases so you can you can look at all the other ones there too but one of those are soil transmitted helminths okay and that includes hookworm oh all right uh and so if you're interested in donating money to those efforts or seeing if there's anything else you can do, I would go check out globalnetwork.org uh, because this is, again, something that, you know, while I don't see cases of hookworm very often here, although that doesn't mean I've never seen one, Yeah, it is certainly a much bigger problem outside the U.S. And it causes, like I said, a significant impact on childhood development, cognitive growth, attendance in school and that kind of thing. And hmm. so... Um, so, you know, check it out. See if it's something you're interested in helping out with. Well, I, I like that. I call the action. We should really have something that we can do. I like that. There is something we can do. We, we know how, and the medicine is cheap. There, we we know how to do this. US, USAID is actually making huge efforts in this as well. <coughs> um, so, so really check into this if this is something, this, uh, if, this is something I feel passionate about. So check uh, it out. Hey, listen folks, 2016 Max Fund Drive is just around the corner. Join us for the best two weeks in podcasting. Show your support for Sawbones Maximum Fun. We have uh, great shows uh, that week. It's the best two weeks in podcasting. Uh, we got. We're gonna have. Um, if you if you're new to Sawbones, every year we do this where we um, uh, ask you to help give back to our network, and in exchange, you're gonna get a lot of cool gifts, a lot of cool prizes, a lot of bonus content. There's tons of um, 
uh, extra sawbones on there, and then we'll have another bonus one for you. So um, mark your calendars. That it's going to kick off March 14th, and it's going to run for just two weeks. So don't miss out on all the fun. It's going to be huge. Thanks to uh, the taxpayers for letting us use your song "Medicines" as the intro and outro of our program. And we'd also like to thank. Uh, did you think that first off? Did you thank the folks that suggested this topic? Yes, I did. Uh, thank you to Lauren for the uh, beautiful books. Uh, yes, about that's who I less... wanted to thank. Okay, we'll do it. I wanted to Pretend thank. Lauren. I didn't say that then. Thank you, Lauren, uh, for these beautiful books that she sent us. Sent me. I mean, I really think they're for me. You Never can. You can who look at you them. First, Lauren. Now, I was about to. You interrupted me. Uh, for beautiful books about Lister, uh, they're bound and they're gorgeous and they're like it's like numbered, so it's one of a collection of books. All of his writings, they were lovely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, and uh, folks, that's gonna do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. Sorry we're a little late. We'll get you. We'll get you back next time. But I made up for it by making it about worms and poop. <laughs> and doing some good so it's it's like your favorite sawbones too uh, you're welcome like uh <laughs> like <laughs> all right until, a dash of altruism until the next time we have something to talk with you about my name is justin mcroy i'm sydney mcroy and as always don't drill a hole in your head MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.